we appear to be no further forward than we were 18 months ago when we spoke at the end of 2016. You know, it has taken the government really two years since the summer referendum uh, in, in 2016 on Brexit, taking them two years to get to a position where they've, they've now got an agreed position amongst themselves about what to do. Uh, and even then, it's pretty chaotic because we had the so-called uh, checkers uh, plan being announced uh, one week and then a uh, 10 days later Theresa May accepted a number of amendments to the trade bill in the House of Commons which effectively make it impossible to deliver that and, uh, and then of course you've got Michel Barnier saying oh, no way well yes I mean so, I mean yes because it's meaningless to call this an agreement in that in that you know, it, it hasn't been agreed by anyone yet apart from the Cabinet, and it certainly hasn't been discussed by 27 other European countries who need to discuss it. So, I mean, Barnier has already said quite rightly that uh, one of the, the things in that agreement, the idea that all the 27 EU countries should set up a scheme for collecting tariffs which would then be repaid to the United Kingdom, is, is just fantasy. It's not going to happen. So... I mean, there's other things that are going to be problematic as well. You know, the whole business of the single market and the Irish border. I mean, these are great big issues that are as far away from solution now as they were 18 months ago. And it's all going to come back again. So we expect end of October, beginning of November, Theresa May will come to the House of Commons with whatever she's been able to uh, agree with Barnier and the others. And at this point in time, I think, no matter what it is, it won't have a majority in the House of Commons. So it's hard to see, at the minute, anything coming out of this that has majority consent. So the chances are we could be looking at another referendum or another election in order to move on from the impasse which is there. Is there, a, if you like, a stated SNP group position in terms of the way things are moving? Yes, and, and arguably some of the things that happened in Chequers have come some way towards our position. I mean, we, we never wanted Brexit to happen in the first place. So our position is, first of all, the United Kingdom should stay in the European Single Market and Customs Union because the Brexit vote was about leaving EU. It wasn't about ceasing all trade with Europe. Secondly, if that cannot happen, then arrangements need, need to be made to allow Scotland to stay in the single market, which would require another Scotland bill and further, a further raft of devolution. But our preference is that the whole of the UK should stay in the single market. Now, you could argue that the Chequers plan does, for, certainly for goods anyway, if not for services, does mean that the UK would stay in the single market. But of course, it's so uh, ill-defined and, and, and hasn't yet been agreed by anyone that we can't be sure of that till we till we see what happens later on in the year. So, I mean, that's our position. We have been trying to drag the government towards what you might call a, the softest of Brexit, and we've also tried to protect freedom of movement, which we haven't been able to win. But then again, it seems to me that the facts of them, the, the government itself knows that we have to have workers coming into this country in order for the economy not to collapse. So no matter how much it says it's ending freedom of movement, it will grant exemptions here, there and everywhere to allow that to happen because services would grant a halt without it. Not to mention the health service, not to mention the, a lot of the agricultural industry here in Scotland. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean the fruit is already rotting in the fields in Perthshire because there aren't, there aren't people to pick it. That's just going to get much, much worse. We know there's an imminent crisis in the health service. We know we've seen the number of foreign teachers applying to work in Scotland plummet by 90% this year. So, I mean, I think, you know, people from other European countries are sort of voting with their feet because they're getting the impression 
they're not welcome and there's a certain degree of hostility in terms of you know public policy in the country that says we don't like you very much and we've been trying very hard to put the the alternative message to that and to to send out a message of hope and reassurance and welcomingness to to people from other european countries but it's uh, you know we're getting very poor leadership from the uk government on this well certainly some friends of mine who have lived here for many years either from europe or elsewhere in the world have actually had that letter from Nicola Sturgeon saying, you are welcome here, and that has actually reassured them greatly. Well, I'm glad of that. All the individual MPs have sent out similar letters. I know it's had some effect, and and that's good, but I also understand that it won't allay everyone's anxieties. There are still understandable fears that people have about their status here. I mean, people have settled and made their lives and raised families in this country, never having thought to become a British citizen because it wasn't required, because there was reciprocal citizenship across the European Union. And now that's been that reciprocal citizenship is ending, or well, the government wants to end it, and so they they're obliged to reconsider their status. I mean, the, the government should just now say that every EU national who's here has got permanent right to be here in permanent status. I don't see why they don't just do that. You know? So, do you have people coming into your surgeries saying we're worried? I would say that immigration and welfare problems, welfare payments problems are are the main things I get. I don't get that many EU nationals, but I am in touch with a number of people locally and there's a network of Europeans here who uh, I'm in in touch with and they are are mightily concerned. Are local businesses as well concerned about the impact of Brexit? I mean, Edinburgh East is a significantly larger constituency than just Bordabella and Chocolate, but there are some significant businesses within that constituency. The hospitality industry, the tourism, is very big here. I mean, Edinburgh East includes half the city centre. The numbers are good at the minute in terms of people coming here, but the ability to deliver a high-quality hospitality industry is going to be very much weakened if we're not able to uh, attract young workers from elsewhere in Europe to come here. Not only that, there is the potential damage to such an event as the Edinburgh Festival, for example, because we've already heard of musicians from throughout Europe, for example, finding that obstacles are being put in their way. The situation with the festivals is another thing that's incredibly unclear. At the moment, the Edinburgh Festival and the Fringe is a, is a what you call a visa-free festival. In that the Home Office have granted an exemption for the event. You don't need a visa to come and perform at the Edinburgh Festival. But, of course, with Brexit, all of these arrangements are going to have to change. I mean, you may well need a visa to go to Spain on your holidays. So we, we don't know is the truth because nothing nothing's yet been agreed. And it may be in that context that people are going to have to get visas in order to come here to perform, which picks up, first of all, a question mark over whether or not they, they would get them, but it also means it drives up the costs even further. So that's going to be a bad thing for the international diversity of the Edinburgh festivals. It does presumably make people actually wonder about, dare I say, staying within the Union. My view is that people voted in 2014 to remain in the UK and I respect that but people also have the right to change their mind in a democracy and I think more and more people are realising that the decision they took in 2014 that the what they voted for is disappearing. They voted to stay in a United Kingdom which was part of the European Union and that is is not going to be, well, may not be what happens in the future. I mean, g- genuinely, David, the thing is so chaotic, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. <laughs> Maybe Brexit might not even happen, who knows. But if it goes ahead as it's planned, that version of the United Kingdom that people voted for in 2014 
isn't going to be there anymore. Now, that is certainly making some people reconsider. And there seems to be a sort of churn in opinion. But I mean, from my point of view, from the SNP's point of view, we can't move forward to ask people about that question until we get a little bit more certainty on what where Brexit's going to end up until some of the dust settles on this very chaotic process. But I mean, that will happen one way or another by the spring of next year. So either by then we are definitely leaving or we're not and the transition period has been extended while people have another think about it. Until we know that, then we're not in a position to sort of say to people, right, well, now you should consider this alternative because we can't completely define the alternative until we know what the status quo will be, what, what, what it's an alternative to. Um, so it's a very chaotic and turbulent time in, in Scottish and British politics at the moment. I mean, the good thing about Scotland, I think, is that we have a lifeboat to get into if, if we want to. And there may well come a time, and it might not be that far away, where people just say, do you know what, we would be better off taking control of this ourselves and trying to chart our own relationships with the European Union and, and our own global relationships as well, recognising that our relationship with England is always going to be preeminent. It's going to be the most important arrangement, the other people that we share the island with. But people might want to take, certainly want to consider the possibility of doing this for themselves rather than having it done to them. I can see it's going to be a very interesting and challenging next few months. Tommy Shepherd, thank you very much indeed for your time. It's a pleasure.